Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange with Leander Young, where we dig into conversations with seasoned musicians to discuss their life, art, and their favorite jazz as they see it. In this episode, we interview a ranger and vocalist from Los Angeles, California, Shannon Klein Murray. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Improv Exchange. Today, we have a vocalist with us. It seems very hard to get them nowadays. <laughs> so, ma'am, please introduce yourself to the people and we'll get into it. Hi there. Um, my name is Sharon Marie Klein with a C, <laughs> like Patsy. Okay. And where are you from, ma'am? Um, I am um, in, from Los Angeles. I actually live in Venice, California right now. And I was born in Los Angeles, but I grew up on the East Coast in Florida. Florida. The next question I have to ask is then, how did you end up in jazz? Because LA people, okay. from what I know, yeah, don't yeah. really try to go into jazz. Well, I think it's maybe it's partially growing up in Florida because I wouldn't call myself an LA person because I grew up outside of this city. Um, jazz just spoke to my heart. Um, I picked it up in college, actually, and um, I did my my thesis was um, a nightclub act. <laughs> that was what my thesis was, was putting together a nightclub act and performing it. So uh, jazz, yeah, I became introduced first to musical theater and then into jazz, and it it's just my thing. Okay, which college did you go to? University of Florida in Gainesville. Uh, okay, I can make fun of that school. It's okay. Oh, why? <laughs> is it because of its football team? Or yes, what? <laughs> because of its football team. Great at letting people down within the past few years. But their, their music program is weird. Yeah. Like Miami's, I, I like, but Florida's one, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I went many years ago, uh, but it was hard to find my way. I was um, a music and a theater I, I was a double major because I couldn't find, it was hard to find, there wasn't a road map for me. So I created it by the, the, the programs I took and the courses I studied and the way I went. So there were actually great teachers there. It's just a program wasn't clear, you know? I mean, they, they either thought you did this or you did that. They didn't see a melding. They didn't see anything new in it. So you kind of have to, um, make your own way in, in that environment, which is a good lesson for life, really. I mean, I had other professors on recently that were saying, like, I try to tell the kids that you have to have a game plan and all that stuff, because not as much what? as before. A game plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I'm not saying they're bad at it now, but before, I can honestly say a lot of these students will come out thinking they're just going to get a whole bunch of gigs thrown at them. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That didn't happen to me. No, that, that doesn't <laughs> happen really with anybody. <laughs> so, yeah. But even anyone telling me that, that was never how it was handled. Okay. And what made you not pursue the musical theater part? You didn't want to come up to Broadway in New York and try to make it with the, those people? There's an intimacy in jazz that I really love. And there's, um, you know, like a taking it in and, and, and then, you know, sharing it back out that is not 
it's just not the way of theater. Theater is a lot of out. Um, that's part of it. Um, and being a, um, I'm a more intimate singer than a belter. So I like the idea of uh, drawing the people into me in that way. So that's part of it. I did, after college, definitely do musical theater. I did regional theater. Um, I, I've, I've done, you know, it's, I do love it as well because there's something to be said about that electricity of those live performances and building the structure from a, a script, a director's vision, you finding your way in the vision and then sharing it. It's, it, it's really a cool collaborative um, art form, but something about maybe it's also, I like not having all those other people involved and I get to create them. That's that's fair. <laughs> okay, yeah. so what made you go from Florida to California? Well, I was born here, and we I was taken taken away to Florida <laughs> as a young child, <laughs> and always said I'm coming back. Always said, and um, so you know, and I did think I was going to actually because you know I got my degrees in theater and music, so I did think. I would be doing more theater than music or, you know, doing film, but I'd be auditioning. That's where I thought I would just like, go audition, get a part. <laughs> that didn't happen, you know, <laughs> at all. Um, but after school, after, after a while, um, and I actually had a boyfriend who was out here doing um, work. I, um, I just said, I'm done. I'm coming. I just decided now I'm coming. No plan, no role, nothing set. All I had was he found me an apartment and a roommate and I was here and I just started figuring out my way of how to be here. But I just always knew I was going to come back. I have family here too. So um, I just knew I was always coming back to LA. Okay. And yeah. is there a big difference, at least from your point of view, from the Florida scene to the New York scene? I mean, LA scene, sorry. Um, yes. What's the biggest <laughs> yeah. one that hit you? It's pretty darn big. Um, there's, there's more opportunities. There's more community. Um, yeah, being close to more people wanting to go out for live music or beautiful venues. Um, there's a huge, more, a bigger variety out here. Um, a higher caliber of expectation out here. So I knew jumping into this pond, it wouldn't be like I just landed on the big fish. I knew I would have to work and keep developing myself. And that was uh, interesting to me. Okay. Question I need to ask is, how did you get your gig with Chris Bode? Oh, <laughs> it wasn't through him. <laughs> I, I didn't know him. Um, my, my, my current manager, my, not my current, my manager at the time had a contact, um, that knew his management and, uh, they looked at my stuff and they thought I was a good idea. Okay. And how was that overall? Good, bad, any weird stories? No weird stories, except mm -hmm. that we were, um, taking pictures one day, like, you know, in the, you know, when, right before you or right after the, the gig, you come out and you take pictures, you meet the crowd. We sat on the table and it broke. So that was, <laughs> that was my weirdest story. It's like, okay, which one of us did that? Or 
<laughs> you know, we're looking at each other like, okay, you need to, you know, maybe you should stop eating those, you know, chocolate cakes and stuff. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. But um, the gig itself was beautiful. He's a beautiful artist and very supportive. And um, uh, it was cool. Yeah, very, very cool. Okay. And what about Mr. Bent, Tony? Oh, Tony Bennett. Yes. Tony Bennett is uh, just like he's like he seems. I mean, he's just, well, he was then. This was like 20 years ago, probably. No, more like 15 years ago. Um, but just larger than life, bigger, big heart, just walks into the room and everything's wonderful. Um, he's a little boy. He's a little boy um, because he sees everything so beautifully and optimistically. <laughs> Okay. And and expects you to be there with him. You're right there too, which awesome. is really beautiful. And what's something people misunderstand about being a vocalist? You mean musicians or or just regular the general people? public? The general public. I mean, from a musician, I could tell you a whole bunch of stuff. I make fun of you yeah. guys. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you a musician? Yes, ma'am. What do you play? Unfortunately, I play the percussion. Oh, that's not important. That's great. I know it's I the best that. instruments, but I make fun of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me those stories in a second. Uh, one is that people think, oh, how fun. You get to just go out and just sing. Like, it's like we just get out of bed, take a shower, get dressed. We just go la, 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 la. And, we're, and that, that's, that's our job. They think that's all it takes is just to be up there singing, having fun. That, I think, is one of the most... Uh, frequent misconceptions I get. They don't understand it's it's a full-on job. Um, you are your instrument. You must take care of yourself. You must build yourself. You must, um, just like in the gym, you have to stretch and push beyond and understand this instrument body, how to move it and work it and express it. So it's a lot of work just on the physical. Then there is to get the job, you know? <laughs> If you're, how are you going to get the, get a, get, get your voice heard? So then there's a whole, there's, there's that part of the business. So there's every day a lot of work that goes into being a vocalist from taking care of your instrument that is not outside of yourself to understanding how to make or have a presence, develop a presence in the industry so that people can hear you. And then how to connect to your music so that others find you, you know, and like you. So it's it's full on. It's a it's a big job. It isn't just going out there and having fun and singing with people. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So yeah. tell me more about this single you just released and your album. Oh, cool. Um, I just released a single called Love Will Follow. And uh, Love Will Follow is a Kenny Loggins song who I just adore Kenny Loggins just because of the light that he brings in the world um, musically. I just feel it from his heart and the work that he's done spiritually in himself. But he's an amazing songwriter, just amazing songwriter. So the song Love Will Follow um, was released in like the 80s, very super sexy vibe from a man's standpoint, very smooth, R&B-like, because that's Kenny Loggins. He covers many different genres of music. I just liked the song, so I did it from the female point of view. We, I did a, a, a rearrangement, I call them derangements of the song. We added in a cool part at the end. Um, and 
I, I hope he loves it. I want him to hear it. So if you know him or know anyone knows him, anyone on this, please have him listen to Love Will Follow. Um, but yeah, it's someone, someone said it's my love anthem. It is, it's sexy, it's um, courageous, it's, you know, it's out there. Um, and uh, melodically, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, so okay. it's doing really well on, um, I know it's doing extremely well on Spotify now. We have like uh, thousands and thousands of um, um, streams. I think we're at 80,000 streams now. 80? And, yeah. That's actually good. And I've gained, yeah, and I've gained a ton. <laughs> that's good, isn't it? Yeah, for jazz, I hate to say it. Yes, that's actually very good. It is really good for jazz, and, and it's a crossover tune. So, people you know, know. it's, yeah, so people know it, and the, the genre isn't straight ahead. It isn't Brazilian. It's got a little R&B in it, but I'm still smooth. I'm still true to myself as an artist, but it definitely isn't a jazz song. I'm a jazz artist, so I treat it. Uh, oh, now that. you're just opening up more cans of worms for people. I know, I know. You're going to have a lot more to say. Yeah, so you're right. It, it is a... It's doing extremely well. It's doing extremely well. And it is on a lot of R&B playlists. So my question is, on that would be, is it because it's not a jazz song, it's doing well? I think, well, because I think there's a, great, there's a bigger market for non-jazz artists. So because it's not a jazz song, it has more exposure. So it's doing well. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, I know, I know. I'm just... One of the things yeah. I do a lot on this show is I kind of make fun of jazz. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, so okay, you kind of just. Give it to, what do you say? Well, you you already said it. Yeah. One of the reasons why it might be doing well is because it's not a jazz song, like a straight ahead traditional jazz song. But only because people are not clued in again about how cool jazz is. They're getting there. There's becoming a resurgence, even. Tamara Joy's win is new artist is bringing um, uh, attention back to it, but there have been other artists who've been doing this along the line. So jazz is coming back. I can see that in the venues I go to, more people are coming out, things like that are happening. But um, I think it's because just not enough people know how great jazz is. It isn't that it's not a great art form, it's just somehow it's, it's not getting good PR. How far down the rabbit hole do you want to go on that? You can do take me. Okay, okay, we're going soft. uh, Easy, I go easy on you. Okay, okay. First of all, yes, jazz is obviously my favorite form of music. I I have a jazz podcast. Okay, we can at least agree on that. But one thing I would say is like there are many levels of it. Why I don't think it's going to grow. Like I can tell you stories when I brought a date to a jazz club mm-hmm. and the girl got the type of saxophone wrong because she doesn't know woodwind instruments. Right. Okay. So she's like, is that one the baritone saxophone? And the guy next table had to mind his neck, stretch yeah. over and proudly yeah. tell her, no, ma'am, that is an yeah. alto sax. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> do we need that level of snobbery in jazz? Yeah. No, we don't. Well, it turned off my (laughs) date to the point that she didn't want to go back anymore. That's just one of the examples, I would say. Well, that is true. There are a lot of jazz. And that's not coming from the artists. 
unless he's a well, I mean, musician. One thing I will give vocalists is that at least after the song, sometimes during the song, they come out and they say hello to the crowd and everything. People do like that. So yeah. you're not really going to get much from me bashing on vocalists. Yeah. But more instrumentalists, I know. Well, there's something about just like classical musicians, I'd say they've got an even bigger rep than snobs. When you have, when you work on your craft so hard, um, and there's not a lot of people who understand it, so you do become a little, you know, out of myopic touch. And closed in or, I think and that's out the of word. touch with how to relate to <laughs> others about it, but you do have a lot of pride and a lot of energy into what you do and why people should understand it. Because I've devoted my life to this thing. Instead of it being, I'm devoting my life to music, like as a vocalist, I'm not, I don't have to just be a jazz singer. I'm not just a jazz singer. I'm a vocalist. I'm a soulful jazz vocalist is what I kind of call myself because I do blend different areas of music and I'm classically trained. So I've got all of that in, in in my opinion, in my wheelbarrow. I, I mean, those are like all pluses that I have that variety of experience. So I can touch different types, different people, different experiences, and also affect the way I perform. Like I don't just sing like a jazz singer. I can sing a note like an R&B artist. I can go really soulful and deep. I can belt it out like uh, a musical theater artist. I can sing in my head voice and tip off these really high notes as um, a classical artist, you know, but all within my expression. And not every musician's that way. You know, I consider myself as a vocalist and musician, no, no, but not every musician is that way. You it's, know? You, you already brought it up when you said the classical artists are snobby also, but <laughs> it's between three fighting for the bottom of the barrel right here. It's between jazz, classical, and children's music. They're fighting for ah. the least percentage of listeners. Yeah. No, yeah. but like I said, I thought it was good that you brought up, I mean, not brought up, you actually recorded a known song. You reached out of the zone and you're doing oh, that. And I don't know, I did um, Laughter in the Rain. I did my own derangement of rain? that. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay. I hear Laughter in the Rain walking there, yeah, with the girl I love. Yeah. Yes, okay. And, and it's quite a gorgeous uh, recording, if I say so myself. I mean, we we completely broke down the tune and we added a whole other element, brought a freshness to it. Um, but, you know, that's a world. And Close to You, Burt Bacharach's Close to You. The Carpenters recorded it. Huge song. I did it my way as well. I did a, a derangement of that. But I do that a lot. I like to bring popular songs and then put, put my own stamp on it. Okay. One other question on just that in general, like, so do you do original songs that you personally write? Because, you know, then you have that whole snobby level where they only want original music. Right. Yes, that is true. Um, I don't do near as much. I haven't written near as much, but I have written a few songs that are on my, my This Is Where I Want To Be album. That, that, that album title, This Is Where I Want To Be, is an original song on the album. So I do do some and I will do more. It's more about finding the space for it. And then also what wants to come from my heart in it. I, I'm, I've just been fortunately and unfortunately, but not really unfortunately, let's, let's take that part. Fortunately, 
I've been working so much that it's hard to find that time for me. I need to go in and create from that. I'm still on the out, you know, I'm still like, okay, booking that gig, booking that gig, doing this podcast, doing this appearance, doing these things um, that um, I haven't focused on that, but it's coming. Okay. That's cool. Um, I'm looking forward towards that. Okay. Cause truthfully, if you're hitting 80 across the board, if you hit 80 with a five album song, I mean, five song album, and all of them are hitting 80. Oh, you're doing, you're in the top 1% yeah. of jazz artists. Easily. Yeah. And I'm not there yet. I, but that is a good goal. Ju- let me just be clear because I want to own it because I like to manifest things. So I want to be in the clarity of it. That song alone is hitting 80,000 streams. My jazz songs <laughs> are, you know, I think I have a couple in like the single double digit, you know, like um, 12,000 or things, something like that. But Understood. that's still pretty good. And then I have some that are 942, you know. <laughs> so so they do vary. They vary what, how, how it goes. So, yeah, that would be great. I want to have an album that they're all up in, you know, the upper 10,000s, you know, like the 80,000, 90,000, 100,000s um, dreams. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So. But that album alone is really, I mean, that, that single alone really helped to raise my um you gotta build off it. That's all I can my say. My appearance. Yeah, yeah. So And it is, yeah, hmm? because it isn't a jazz. I'm sorry. <laughs> so where do you think jazz will be in ten years? Be honest. Still here. You think it will still be here? <laughs> it will still be here. Jazz is a part of our history. It's a part of our feeling nature. It's a part of our dreamy nature. It is a it is actually a part of all the other music that comes beyond it, there are elements that make it cool <laughs> when they have like those harmonic chords and you know and the way that they treated it, there's a jazzy tone in it. So jazz will always be a part of our music, I feel. Will it be popular music? I can hope. I hope, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> and you don't think so. No, I don't. <laughs> You don't think so. But it will be here. I will still be going to jazz clubs and everything all the time, but yeah. Okay, let me rephrase that. What do you consider popular? When I say popular, I mean top 100 on the Billboard charts. Yeah. When I say popular, I'm talking about what the kids listen to, what the peoples listen to, people people with the purchasing power, um, what they're listening to most. That's what I mean. Um, And that is what's on Billboard. Okay, understand. No, it, it won't ever be in and of itself. I don't think it will be that kind of popularity anymore. But like I said, I do believe there'll be elements in it, elements of jazz in the popular songs. Understood. We'll see. Are you talking about elevated music? Can, let's, let's set a date in 10 years and come back and see who was right. <laughs> I mean, I will bet you. Okay, we'll go there. I bet you, a, I bet you $20. 20 okay. US okay. dollars. <laughs> I can I can I can afford that. I can put that on the table. You know, I'm a jazz musician, so you had to keep it low. 20 bucks, the jazz will be a part of this. Okay. A part so, of the music popular. What is your dream project if you didn't have a budget constricting you? Hmm. Well, 
You mean that I, because my, my dream project is that I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I don't need to worry about the money. Okay. So Sony's yeah. going to say, yeah, we're writing the check. Get what you want and give us 10 songs. Okay. Th- that's, that's one. That's one dream project is just Sony asking for that. Um, you you want to know where I would perform and what I would do? Is that what you're saying? I just want to know, you know who should've... would you record with if I said you have one week to give me one song? Choose your band. What type of song would it be? It would be um, something on the lines of Love Will Follow, like a, a, a soulful, jazz, sexy kind of tune um, that isn't too sexy where it's sexual, but it's sensual. It's evocative. I would, um, I don't know, I don't have my band yet. Um, I could. I, I would work with Robert Glasper. <laughs> I would work with him. I'd let him be a part of it. I'm trying to figure out who would produce it. I wouldn't mind Quincy Jones produ- producing it. Um, oh, the man's like over ninety. I, <laughs> I love it. Well, it will have to. Happen. It will have to happen. So he's still. He's still like involved. Okay. But you said my dream. Yeah, you're right. You're um, right. You're right. I, I'm wrong. You're right. So, so yeah, Mr. Glasper. Mystic Jones and who else? <laughs> um, I don't know my musicians yet because I love my musicians. Mm-hmm. They're they're pretty fantastic. Um, so my guys, um, Dinah Crawl could be involved because I love Dinah Crawl. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I need to think about this one. No problem. I want to no be really like, yeah. But it would it would so give me, and then I figure out who are the best people to bring in the smooth, the jazz, the and then that pop, you know, that thing that helps pop. I need the right, really the right producer that can help me express who I am in a way that really pops and people can receive it. Okay. So that would be my dream is to find those people and get that done. I also want to be able to have a song in a movie. I want to be able to be a part of movie soundtracks. I mean, oh, you don't like that story? I'm, I mean, as much as I love Mr. Kenny Logan's, the whole movie era is like a thing of the past. People aren't going to the theaters anymore. Well, but there's still movies. I don't mean it has to be in a movie theater. I mean, as part of a film. You just I want to like be in a film. My music in a film. Yeah. yeah I'd okay. love to have my music. Okay. That's fair. Starring in it. I like to have my music, you know, like when they're the romantic scene. No, I get what you mean. I thought you meant you want like that Footloose song or the Top Gun song or like that. And I'm just saying, but people aren't into movies like that at that level anymore. That's a whole other field Mm. that's taking a hit. Yeah, true. That whole opening scene with Danger Zone. Yeah, I don't. I think that's the thing of the past. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't saying that. I was more like artistically, mm-hmm. I'd like to have my music in movies, uh, and you know, and, and do some soundtracks. I would really like that. Okay. I don't have to have, you know. Although that there are some great songs, like this, um, the song in Wakanda. That you know, there are things that are being that are great songs that are still being recognized in these big movies and winning awards. Um, Okay. That I'd like to see happen. I think I could yeah. honestly say I took that the wrong way because Kenny Loggins was still in my head, and that's like the king of movie soundtracks. <laughs> he had Beverly Hills, he had Top Gun, he had Footloose, he had uh, 
what else off the top of my head? Caddyshack. Huh? Caddyshack. Yeah, Dirk. Caddyshack. Yeah, Caddyshack. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of still notable movies from the 80s. He was a big guy with the song. Yeah. Okay. He so, really was. Ma'am, is there anything else I should know about you before we go? Um, well, I do do a couple things. I do do um, uh, a little, I call it a, a short form podcast, but it really isn't because it isn't a dialogue with another person. It's really um, inspirational, informative, kind of um, heartfelt takes on different parts of life. So I might come up with something about fear or about what, how do you get to the yes instead of the no. And they're usually about 10 minute little channeled thoughts and, and talks so that it gets your mind going, your heart going, you feeling better. It was really big. I, I really started it during um, the COVID pandemic when I was home and, you know, people were home and it's just something to listen to, to help inspire you along your path. And it's called navigate with your heart. So okay. your heart leads the way, not meaning whatever you loved, go towards it. It's more about tuning in and figuring out what is truly authentically you and moving from that space instead of reacting to the world around you. And um, it's a, like I said, it's a short form little so presentation. Not, you can get it on not digital. Not much jazz, more spiritual, correct? Yeah, it's okay. yeah, it's not yeah, I'm not talking about jazz, I'm not singing, it's all spiritual discussion. Okay, cool. And really they're just little some 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 person says they're kind of hugs because in a way they're just they seem to touch on where people are and they don't feel alone and they feel inspired. And that's what navigate with your heart is about. Okay. Well man And you can find that like I said on every digital um, wherever you can get your podcast, you can find it. And I will link it on the website, people. So, but ma'am, please tell you. us your website, your social media, where to find you, etc. You can find me on my website, SharonMarieKlein.com, C-L-I-N-E. You could just Google me, but put Sharon Marie Klein, C-L-I-N-E. And you can find me everywhere. I'm on um, Instagram, um, Facebook. Twitter, Pinterest, LinkedIn, all those things. Jaren Marie Klein. And um, what else was I going to say? Uh, my YouTube channel is the Sharon Marie Klein Experience. Not the, I think it's just Sharon Marie Klein Experience. And check out some of my videos. All my videos, um, like I said, they're derangements. So they're rearrangements of songs you may have heard before. And they're kind of fun. So I hope you uh, enjoy that. And uh, I look forward to respond. And if you join my website, you can get updates on where I'm performing next. I perform a lot in Southern California and sometimes other places. So um, keep in touch with me. Send me, a, send me an email and I do respond. So uh, let's stay in touch. Okay. Oh, and Klein is C-L-I-N-E, like Patsy. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us. This is Leander from Improv Exchange. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you so much, Leander, and everyone else out there. Have a great day. That's that on jazz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Improv Exchange. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 
Also, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Improv Exchange.